0: Welcome back to Signal Boost. I'm Zerlita Maxwell. Uh, and joining us on the phone um, is a guest that we've been looking forward to ever since it's we first to talked to her it. earlier on in the pandemic. <laughs> Molly Berkholm is a trauma specialist. She's written books for the great courses on building your resilience, finding meaning in adversity, and I rest in integrative restoration for deep relaxation, which feels relevant <laughs> to oh, what we here so nice. are experiencing. We haven't talked to you in such a long time Uh, Good morning, Molly. How are you holding up?
1: Good morning. I'm doing well. How are you?
0: Well, you know,
1: we're we're surviving a once in
0: a generation pandemic, so I'm doing okay, considering that.
1: That's a good answer. (laughs) The honest answer. Thank (laughs) you. Balanced at all? (laughs) Yeah, I
0: I try to do that every day because you know, every day is it's a new experience. We've never lived through this before. Mm -hmm. I always go back to that. We had no one alive except for that one lady. That's like a hundred and fifteen Lived through this exact type of experience. Um, this is a once in a generation thing. So I, I kind of want to start there because we, we haven't talked mm-hmm. to you since maybe earlier on in this process. Yeah. And there has been a lot of trauma since the last time we talked. I mean, in your opinion, how are people doing?
1: You know, it's interesting because in the beginning uh, of this, we came into it with a certain level of uh, resilience. I think there was a certain amount of we're in this together, we're going to do this, we're going to figure it out. And now a year into it, as we're kind of half coming out of it, I think that uh, people are very worn down. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of depression. And honestly, I think people right now are doing worse off than in the beginning. While mortality rates are, of course, coming down and some mm-hmm. things have improved, um, it, we are seeing higher rates right now of suicidality, of uh, very severe anxiety, of trauma and in all different types of people, um, from children all the way up to senior citizens. Uh, it's just really taken a huge step. uh, on people and I think it's hard too and we need to honor how hard it is to have been you know at home for a year or in this you know even if people weren't at home in this middle ground and now you have to return to life and you have to remember how to socialize, which could cause anxiety for a lot of people to begin with. And you have to learn how to, you know, get your day organized to get kids to school and get to work on time and, you know, make everything happen. It's, it, we, we've lost that muscle in some way. So I think it's, um, it's hard for people on so many different levels.
2: It's, harder, it's hard to say that you're having a hard time now than it was. Like, I think there was, there was a time during the pandemic where it was pretty acceptable. I mean, we weren't seeing anybody, but we were talking to people and it was pretty acceptable to, to say, I'm, I'm having a tough day or like, it's a really bad day at home right now. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not able to turn my video on or whatever. And people would, sort of recognize that and and it was it was the opening to have a conversation about what everybody else is going through and now I maybe I'm just speaking for myself but I'm having a harder time saying like I'm having a tough day even though I'm still having tough days
1: (laughs) do you what what is the reason behind that do you feel like it's because it's less acceptable
2: now or that we're supposed to be getting it together exactly like we're ending now we're supposed to be getting it together and it feels like if i say i'm having a tough day then i just can't move on from the pandemic you know we saw all of those articles about like liberals who can't quit the pandemic and people who still want to wear masks now that they're vaccinated and it, 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 you start to feel like there's something wrong with me because i still feel traumatized by this sure
1: um and you know it's interesting to note and i th- i think your point is such a good one because uh you know we feel trauma when we feel like we don't have a choice that is a commonality between pretty much any type of trauma and so in these moments now you know a lot of companies you know there was a study 90% of millennials say they do not re- want to return to an office that's a huge quantity of people that's <laughs> wow. not really- that was kind of like
0: what our survey <laughs> There've been a couple I have I have I have a couple different jobs and you know there's a lot of surveys going around and what I'm finding the trend is that a lot of people do not want to go to the office and and feel that they're more productive and you know maybe even uh their mental health is a little better well put aside the pandemic part um because they don't have to commute and the stress of you know coworkers um and having to socialize and birthday parties and all of that Um, so I feel like, you know, on the one hand, we are, um, we're, we're experiencing this trauma and we're processing it. But on the other hand, people are sort of clearer now on what they want to spend their time doing, which might be a good thing.
1: Yes, exactly. And it's really important for people to remember that, that your voice has power, everyone's voice has power you have a chance to of course some people's voices have more power than others but what we're seeing is that managers, even though they might say yes, you have to return to work, there is more flexibility in terms of how that might play out or flexible schedules. In a lot of cases, of course, not all cases, but um, that that people are willing to listen if the you know if, if the points are clearly communicated and you know if there's a dialogue around how now, how can we make this work for everyone. So I really encourage people to do that and also to have very strong boundaries. You mentioned the birthday parties, the social. I can't tell you, I don't know about you, but I really enjoy not having to say yes to all the obligatory dinners and school events and all those things. It gave me, that me so much energy. So you yes. have the power in your voice to say, no, I'm just going to choose this or do that, or I'll just do one thing a weekend, or I don't have time any weeknight to actually do a social event or a work event because there's just too much on the plate and so just to remind ourselves we do have that ability in most cases to say no of course some things okay but to can, show can, up. I, can
2: I ask about how to manage that because when the reason why I was I was so happy to not have to do any of that was because I wasn't making anybody feel bad when I said no like there wasn't a there mm. wasn't a reason to say no no one was having the birthday dinner and at this point like if I say no to an event, I feel like I'm letting somebody down. I feel like, I, like you know, is this friend going to think I don't like them if I don't want to go to their birthday? Like the birthday party is going to happen without me at this point. Even if I would choose to, you know, stay home on that particular night, the no still has to be communicated and received by another person. So how do you manage the, I need to take care of myself in this way. And now I know that better than I did before the pandemic with I want to keep my friends and coworkers and colleagues happy, and I want them to like me and know that I like them. And I also don't want to celebrate their birthday. <laughs> sure, yeah, I think it's what you just said it is
1: exactly what you can say to them. Everybody right now needs a permission slip to be able to say that, and so yeah. many po- times people see that they do have that ability to say something when somebody says it to them. With kindness and love. So oftentimes when we make a boundary, we think it has to be like strong and mean, but it doesn't, it can be super loving. And the people who truly love you, your real friends, the ones that will get it, still respect that, you know, it's um, it's it's something that, and it's something that they probably also need to say in some situations. So, you know, a really thoughtful way to say something like that, like the birthday party example is a really good one. Um, you know, it's to say something to the effect of, You know, write a really thoughtful handwritten note, you know, send something that that feels meaningful or drop it off at the house or say, you know what, I really, in in this moment coming out, um, I'm really trying to honor what I need to feel mentally, physically healthy and strong. Right now, I'm trying to prioritize these certain things in my life and um, and, and these m- mental physical health and the health of my family. Um, and for those reasons, I've decided not to do birthday parties right now, but I would still love to celebrate your birthday. So could, do you want to come over for coffee or, or if you don't want to do that, just, you know, send the handwritten note, send the thoughtful gesture and just say, let's find a moment when we both feel like it's the right time to, to really get together and most people will understand and if they don't that's a great time to have some dialogue around that i would bet i'd put money on the fact they have trouble saying now that if that's the, if, that, if they have a hard time receiving it they have a hard time saying it <laughs> almost always. yeah only. well just
0: and i are really different our personalities are really different so i personally do not have this problem <laughs> i don't want to go to anything <laughs> and i don't have a problem telling you that i do not want to come to your birthday i mean i'm not gonna be like i'm not a jerk I'm like i don't want to come to your birthday party but i'm like no i'm just not busy or i just don't respond i mean i think i had to work on that part but i don't i don't feel the guilt about not going i do feel sometimes though that people are resentful um because because i'm saying no like i must think i have better things to do right and i'm like yes i have better things to do like stare at the wall for an hour Just because I've had a long day and that is what I want to do in that moment I mean not literally but you know I think I have I've been liberated in recent years like I read essentialism at some point during lockdown and so now I really Mm -hmm. do try to say no to most things like I have a you know we all have different you know work setups just has long days um, because of consulting I have long days because I have a morning show and a nighttime show so you sort of have to like you know we already have a lot just without anything being added and i i mean i just feel like part of what's healthy for me like it has anybody who's my real friend has to understand that i mean is a part of this like you're we're we're sort of acculturated to feel bad even when it's somebody that you're not really close with like if somebody asks you to go to a, an event or a party or whatever and you're not even really that close with that person you still feel bad like, how do we get rid of that feeling? I, I'm trying to liberate so, myself of that feeling completely.
1: <laughs> yeah, that feeling right there is is that feeling of trying to make other people happy, which will never happen. You could yeah. really spend the rest of your life trying to make everyone happy and never make anyone happy, especially yourself. Um, mm. And so <laughs> I think it's a great point to point out, you know, it's you won't. And in this world, every single person and especially the people you love the most, they want to be. Theme, they want to be heard they want to be valued and so you know I love the it, it's a simple concept of the love languages think about the way in which people can receive love and give love and find a way if they're really valuable to you to give them love in the way that they can receive it and in a way that you can give it with kindness and compassion and and openly with generosity uh, I think what you're describing you know it, that is earned freedom When you have earned your freedom, you have a real level of conviction around not giving it away again. It's a different type of freedom than one you just had. You know, the fish doesn't know it's swimming in water. But when you've been trapped in something and you found your way out, you have a much harder time giving it a, you, you, and not harder time you, you just will protect it so much more because you know how much it took to get it right. so my advice is really find a way that you can love that person and have that conversation around this is how it feels the most valuable to spend time and I'm telling you if you spend even a half hour of really quality time seeing someone listening to them giving them the attention they need it, that will be enough it doesn't we, we don't all have to go to the parties it's okay <laughs> <laughs> I
0: okay, like that answer. So, makes me feel feel I, vindicated. I don't have to go to all the parties. <laughs> there are too many parties, anyway. There are other things. There are other, things. I mean, we'll definitely, there are other definitely things. Why don't we, like, we're not even that creative with how we do parties. There are other things. I know. Can I mean, we
2: have a theme? So true. I'd go to your birthday party if it had a theme. If your birthday party was more fun, <laughs> I'd go. See, I feel like that's the wrong message. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly.
1: Well, okay. and, you know, it's funny because sometimes I think we also think we have to – have an excuse to not go and do something or not go to a party. I, I had a client recently say to me, you know, my wife is an alcoholic and sometimes I wish I was an alcoholic so I could say, I don't want to go to the bar and meet you. <laughs> and I started I <laughs> laughing and I said, you do not have to be, have a, have a problem in order to say no. <laughs> Saying no is right. a part of being healthy. That's a part of, you know, that's a part of, uh, you know, and you, you, if you don't believe it for yourself, you know, it's, Uh, believe it in looking at people who really are thriving they know how to say yes to what helps them thrive and they know how to say no to the things that don't and no it can be a real form of love and it might take people a year to see it but they're like you know when when we were coming out of covid and you said no to my birthday party it kind of hurt at the time and now i totally get it
2: you know that's the ideal. I, I, I do okay. I do want to ask a, a non-Zerlina and I specific question because it's an important one, which is, which is kids, people who have been parenting kids through this pandemic. I, I, reading that New York Times Magazine story about the, the sophomores who were all trying to navigate high school and how many of them were just sort of casually experiencing suicidal ideation and did not realize even that that was something that ought to be ringing five alarm bells in their head every time they had a thought like that. How, how can parents help kids navigate this kind of feeling when they don't even, when they don't even recognize, like they, they had, they just don't have enough of a foundation to recognize that they are having a very unfamiliar trauma response. Like how can, how can people help kids navigate that?
1: The, the biggest way to help navigate it is to make sure you're finding really quality time to spend together. And also time in which, um, it can be casually talked about how we're feeling. So, you know, we could tell our kids a thousand times, you can tell me when you're having a hard day, but they will feel permission to say that when they see you do it. So when you're having a hard day, and this goes for partners too, even if you don't have kids, if if um, I'm having a hard day, which I did actually on Monday, I had a really hard day. It just Like a number of things, some bad news hit, and about a friend who's sick, and you know, a work thing didn't pan out that I was really excited about, and I just didn't have a great day. And so at dinner, you know, we're having a chat. My son and I are having a chat, and I said, you know, it just I had this realization today that um, you know sometimes life isn't just, and that was just so hard. And you know, I just talked to him about that, and I talked, and then I talked to him about the work thing didn't pan out, and. You know, I think all of us had really high hopes that after COVID, all the stuff stuff that got put on the back burner on the pause button was going to come back. And the reality is some of it's just not. <laughs> it's going to come mm-hmm. back in a different form or it's not going to come back. And so, you know, we just talked about that. And then by me doing it, it opened the door and then he started talking about it. So I think just walking the walk and instead of saying, you know, you can talk to me about anything, but then we don't talk to them about anything. Um, you know, just walking the walk and. And showing that it can be done casually—it's always that, like, show me, don't tell me. You know, show me it through the way in which you live, and then I'll I'll do it too. That's the biggest way to open up um, people's ability to be vulnerable is to be vulnerable yourself and and to be honest, you know, just really honest. And then also always like, I, I think it's great to have. NPR on in the back or, or, or Sirius radio, or, you know, any of the things that people listen to. And when somebody says something about suicidality to say, you know what that is, and, you know, actually your, um, you know, your aunt had that at one point. And, um, we, you know, a lot of us didn't notice that some of the signs were this, this, and this, and, um, you know, and now she's doing great because she was able to get help. So giving examples in a casual sense so that they don't feel like, are you suicidal? Have you thought about, you know, people don't like to feel bombarded or attacked. So find right. the kind of backdoor ways to talk about it.
2: Okay. Well, that, okay, modeling it sounds good difficult but doable and finding backdoor ways to casually talk about mental health and what you're going through sounds incredibly liberating right now. So Mm -hmm. so thank thank you for that. And and can we have you on again in a couple of months as we all like blink into the light like mole people and we're going to need a little Uh, bit more help. (laughs) I would love to come on your show anytime.
1: I really enjoy both of you and I enjoy listening. So thank you. you, Molly you.
2: Thank you so much you. for being here today. We really, really appreciate you, and uh, and we need you right now. <laughs> uh,
1: and thanks for your openness and vulnerability. See, you are modeling it. <laughs> Look at us.
0: Do- we did good, Jess. We did good.
2: We did,
1: good. We did, good. We did it. Right. Joe. <laughs> we got it. All do- right. We'll <laughs> have a good one. Enjoy.
2: You too. Stay safe and as sane as possible.